0: This podcast is being brought to you by the Kane Law Firm, and my name is Tanita Kane, and I am the owner and founder of the Kane Law Firm. For 23 years, we have specialized in criminal defense work, personal injury, and family law. We have been the name you know and definitely the name you can trust. Call 205-202-4077 so we can help your needs. That's 205 202 4077. And thank you for trusting the Kane Law Firm.
1: I saw you over there moving a little bit. You like my song? I like the beat. Yes.
2: <laughs> yes. yes. Nice.
1: Emmy Award-winning news anchor Sherry Jackson brings audiences the news that matters weeknights at 4, 5, 6, and 10 p.m. on CBS 42 in Birmingham. Sherry is the PM managing editor and a member of CBS 42's Your Voice, Your Station investigative team. Sherry is a trusted journalist whose goal is to always provide accurate reporting on the conditions, people, and places that we call home in Central Alabama. Sherry's motto is, we are all connected. Sherry's exemplary work as a journalist includes the CBS 42 team's award-winning coverage of the pollution in North Birmingham and its effect on generations of families. The EPA declared the area a Superfund site shortly after the broadcast of CBS 42's Deadly Deception. Sherry followed artist Elizabeth McQueen to chronicle the making of the Four Spirits statue in Birmingham's historic Kelly Ingram Park. It led to the Emmy Award-winning documentary, Hope and Honor, which tells the story of Birmingham's effort to erect a fitting memorial to the victims of the 1963 16th Street Baptist Church bombing. In telling the story of that seminal year in the U.S. civil rights history, Sherry traveled to Washington, D.C. for coverage of the posthumously awarded Congressional Gold Medal to Addie Mae Collins, Cynthia Wesley, Carol Robinson, and Denise Robertson and Denise McNair. As Sherry and photographer Toby Carter boarded the plane to return to Birmingham that evening, they were applauded by passengers on the plane who were also headed back to Birmingham. That's cool. They said they were proud a local television station cared enough to travel to DC to tell this very important story. The medal is housed at the Birmingham Civil Rights Institute, where Sherry has moderated, hosted, or covered events that focus on our humanity. In 2021, The Birmingham Civil Rights Institute named Sherry as a courageous communicator during the Institute's 30-year anniversary at Fred L. Shuttlesworth Humanitarian Awards Dinner. Sherry's journalism often focuses on health and families, including the local war on breast cancer, spotlighting local research at UAB's O'Neill Comprehensive Cancer Center. The series included a podcast. Her Emmy Award winning Dangerous Connections focused on protecting children on digital devices, whether from bullying or predators. Sherry is the recipient of numerous professional journalism awards. She's been named Best News Anchor several times by the Alabama Broadcasters Association. In 2019, Sherry was selected for the inaugural class of top women in Alabama media. In 2022, colleagues re elected Sherry to serve as the Region Nine Director, representing Alabama, Mississippi, Louisiana, and Arkansas on the Radio-Television Digital News Association, RTDNA, Board of Directors. She currently serves on the Board of the Foundry Ministries and has previously served on the Boards of Children's Aid Society, Child Care Resources, UAB Comprehensive Cancer Center, and American Red Cross Blood Services, Alabama. Prior to making her home in Birmingham in 1998, she worked. Wow, it's been that long. She worked for WGXA TV in Macon, GA, WSAV TV in Savannah, Georgia, and WSAZ TV in Charleston and Huntington, West Virginia. Sherry is a native of St. Louis, Missouri, and graduated and a graduate of Moorhead State University in Moorhead, Kentucky. She is a member of the National Association of Black Journalists, Radio Television Digital News Association, and Delta Sigma Theta Sorority, Incorporated. Sherry Jackson, tell me a
2: joke. What did the snake say to the farmer who cut off his head? I ain't got no (laughs) body
1: Good corny joke for the day I like that one I like that one You will see that one on TikTok for sure Where do bad rainbows go? I don't know prism it's a light (laughs) sentence and it gives them time to reflect
2: (laughs) very scientific I know right
1: (laughs) now um, I love when people send me a biography like that because like this is really about me giving my friends their flowers and so I'm glad it's all together but it also gives so much room to learn. Yeah. Like, I wanna know what happened before, let's see here, you, let us see, I, I had something in mind, anyway. Um,
2: let me point out, I it should have said 2022 as the 30th year anniversary for the Birmingham Civil Rights Institute and the Courageous Communicator. Um, that I was awarded last November. Mm. I think
1: I said that wrong. Sorry. No (laughs) worries.
2: I know we've got some people who are listening are like, no.
1: Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So anyway, you know, like, what kind of house did you grow up in? Like, tell me about your parents. And do you have siblings? And, like, were you a – did you play in the band in high school? Like, tell me – you got to shout out your church, you know your pastor growing up. Like <laughs> Sherry, you just dropped in, but we want to know what happened before. You know what I mean? That's and like, cool. when did you know that you wanted to be a, a journalist? Like, tell us your story, not just your bio, but your story.
2: I love that. Uh, I love that question. Um, my parents. I am. I am the middle child. Of Willie Jackson and Minnie Jackson. My, uh, my parents are watching down on us right now. I lost them both um, in my adult life since I've been here in Birmingham. Um, but my growing up in St. Louis, my mother was the daughter. Uh, she had 11 siblings. Wow. She's number 10. Wow. So I grew up with a big family, although I had three siblings. In St. Louis, we all went to Granny's house on the weekends.
1: Uh Uh-huh.
2: My parents, my dad is from Louisiana. And and really, just this last um, three weeks ago, I went to his hometown in Jones, Louisiana, uh, for a family reunion, I hadn't seen that part of my family in 20 years. Wow. And so I traveled there, uh, and you, when you said, give you your flowers, um, I, we realized, I was like, man, the only times I can remember, uh-uh. you're rapping me. That's a rap.
1: Nope. <laughs> you see Eric giving me the eye. <laughs>
2: Did he push the button, here? I
1: always like I'm, I try to do something, and the sound just bang, and I'm so embarrassed. Now, you, your your reunion.
2: So yeah, so I, I went to Jones, um, and we realized in talking to people, it's like you know. I recounted the times in my childhood that I remembered going and it was like, oh, it was for Big Mama's funeral. Oh, it was for Aunt Ruby's funeral And so it was like I've only been for funerals right And so we all committed let's try to do better because my son uh, they remembered him from 20 years ago when he was just a baby when we went down there and so oh, we had yeah. to um, uh, so it just gave me an opportunity really to to, to go back to my roots yeah and that you know that part of Louisiana that's kind of swamp, Yeah. But beautiful to see those trees in the in the marsh and those deep roots. And I was like, this is where my people come from. My great grandfather um, was on these, you know, literally these big big patches of you know plantations. Yeah. Really, and uh, all that land, Uh, and to go back. To that land and see it, and see all the people, and see where we are, where we've come from.
1: So, what all. what made yeah. your dad go to St. Louis?
2: So, my uh, grandfather—they were part of the migration
1: mm-hmm. uh,
2: from um, the South. Kind of figured uh, in, as much yeah. in my dad's my dad's time. My grandfather, my grandmother, uh, Cheney Coleman, died in childbirth with my my youngest so my father's youngest sister Mm -hmm. and um, my grandfather took all six of his children Mm -hmm. um, and moved to St. Louis some some other members of the the Coleman family went up to Chicago Mm -hmm. but my grandfather settled in in uh, St. Louis and his sister my aunt Keith would she helped him raise his children uh, help my grandfather raise his children, and she uh, would often come to our house. And my mother would always say, uh, my, no, my father would say, don't let her cook up everything because she, she'd cook meals. She'd just cook. <laughs> so they're they're trying to plan the meal and make yeah, sure we got food for the month. Right. And, she and she ain't just Keats cooking, cooking everything, everything
1: right now. We're going to have Every seafood, uh, um, burgers, hot dogs, <laughs> everything, but
2: more like fried chicken, oxtails, <laughs> right? You right, know, right, right, All
0: that,
1: that's awesome. Now, um, how did your mother and father meet?
2: My parents, my mother was fast, as we would say. <laughs> So my dad's about eight years older than my mother, but I said I know it's because she's sitting up in a club, shouldn't have been there. He thought she was grown, but because she had all those older sisters, she mm. was always, you know, tagging along. So my parents married uh my mom was sixteen okay. when they married, and she had her first child. Okay. Um, and then um I came along two years after. My sister, Jerry Harvey, is uh she's a Uh, retired lieutenant colonel in the Air Force. Mm -hmm. Um, I came along, and then my brother, Bill. Okay. Because my mother didn't want to have a a junior. My dad is Willie Jackson, Jr. Um, My brother is William Jackson.
1: Okay, okay. So
2: we called him Bill, uh, and we still do call him Bill. Uh, And Bill is in St. Louis. Okay. So all of my extended family uh, maternally is in St. Louis, and that's my... That's my hometown.
1: Right. Um, Now we know what happened afterwards with your career. But when when did that seed come in? Was it in high school, once you got to college? Like the journalists, what what set you on this path?
2: Um, My family would always, like, We watched the news all the time. Like, it was dinner and then Family Feud, and, you know, the news, we're watching television. And so uh, there was a woman on the news in St. Louis, Susan Kidd. Mm -hmm. Uh, And Susan Kidd had this afro and, you know late 70s early 80s st louis and i was like i want to be susan kidd yeah i didn't i didn't, I didn't know about journalism at all, <laughs> right. and i you just, just wanted to that. be susan kidd <laughs> yeah uh who who wow just dynamic and it it shows me today like you never know how you're affecting a child because it, it set me on a path yeah right so i was like i wanted to be susan kidd my mother always said you can be anything you want to be you can do anything you want to do uh, and so I just started. I would read the newspaper out loud, and you'll hear a lot of journalists say this today. I'd get in the mirror and pretend with my brush, uh-huh. uh, but but I often read the newspaper, uh, and and really that just got me a little more inquisitive about about life. And so probably in middle school really? is when I said I I want to be a news anchor. Yeah. I used to say I want to be Susan Kidd. Right. And by the time I got to high school, it's like I I want to be a news anchor.
1: And now what was high school like?
2: So high school, I went to Normandy High School in St. Louis, and I was, you know, president of student council my senior year, but a class president um, up through that time. I was in the band, played the trumpet. Uh, I also marched in a drum and bugle corps um, from the time I was in, like, third, fourth grade. Really? So all the way through high school. Uh, and we got Sherry to-
1: Jackson plays the trumpet. Yes. In fact. That's funny. <laughs>
2: Oh, you have to see my um couple at the start of the pandemic, in fact, I, I uh went and bought me a little pocket trumpet to so that I could play taps across America and join join in with that. So I posted it on Facebook. Uh huh. I played yeah, the trumpet. I
1: got to go find that one. <laughs> I got to well, go find you that. You know one.
2: Jose Carr? Yes. So Jose said he said, I can teach you a little more, you know, you're just a little rusty but not bad. Yeah. So cool. And
1: that reminds me, um, Completely random. Danny, you owe me lunch.
2: <laughs> I'd like to tag along to listen to that lunch.
1: Ooh, they, <laughs> they get good. Now, clearly you've made great choices. But if you could go back to your younger self, what age would you give, what age would you choose And what and what advice would you give her?
2: Wow. I, I would say, you know, I was a quiet child, as just as a middle child. I mm-hmm. was just quiet. My brother said, I used to think something was wrong with you. You never said anything. Wow. Um, but, but I never saw myself as quiet, but, but right. they said I was quiet. Um, I'd probably go back. My parents, you know, were, were married and divorced twice from each other. Really? Yes. And and for a long stretch of life, I never knew they weren't were not married. Right, right. At the point that they committed to having a family and raising their family, um, you know, so we just assumed they were they were married. Yeah. Um, but they they um, I think during that time when they got their second divorce, mm-hmm. um, I realized I think then that you know. I really had the tool, you know. They they had knit me and shaped me into who they wanted me to be to believe in myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think I did not always believe in myself around that time, uh, my freshman year of college.
1: I can understand. Uh, yeah.
2: So, you know, I at really halfway through there was a strike at TWA. That's how long ago that was. Wow. So, strike at TWA. I'm at Missouri Valley College. Uh, in in rural Missouri and I come home because I'm going to go take a job I'm going to go apply for a job at TWA during this strike yeah there's going to be a scab yeah and my father you know my father is very reserved and all he said to me was you know they don't have life insurance in the sky." (laughs) 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 these these are profound moments in Man, my life. Our
1: <laughs> parents cut deep, didn't they?
2: <laughs> that is all he said. That's,
1: that's all he needed. It to was say. all
2: he needed to say because, really, what he was saying to me was, "You're gonna balk on a dream. This is something you always wanted to do." And and they wanted us to go to college. We we're me and my sister, first generation college graduates in my family. And my father, you know, in his own way of saying. You're not going to drop out of college and go try to get a job at TWA. You're going to go back to college and finish what you started.
1: All of that was said in that one little in sentence. In that
2: one sentence, <laughs> there's no life insurance in the sky, which yeah. clearly isn't true.
1: Right. But it was a strong no. It was it was <laughs> a
2: it was a strong no because it was that that point in life where he really was like, you know, you make your own decisions about your life and what yeah. you want to do with it. Uh and so That was pivotal for me to to finish what I started. So I I ended up transferring from that little college. I went home to St. Louis, to the University of Missouri, St. Louis, uh, worked at the post office. For that semester, because that used to be our summer job, my sister and I in college was working at the post office. What did you do at the post office? I was a mail lady. (laughs) My mother worked at the post office. She retired from there. But, um, yeah, so our summer job was letter carriers, which was, you know, $5 an hour. It was big money back then. Big
1: money. Yeah, yeah.
2: (laughs) But... um, Before I ended up at Moorhead, I still was like that really was a a year of transition for me Mm -hmm. um, and really having to realize that that they did give me all the tools I needed to make the right decisions. I just needed to stick to it.
1: Uh You made one. you, You made an off decision one year. I mean, most people would be like, "Oh, I would have gone a whole different path." So that made that means you made some really good decisions.
2: Well, because I really, (laughs) I mean, I I could have been, you know, a scab at TWA.
1: I know, but that's my point. (laughs) But you didn't. (laughs) I'm saying you didn't. So there's nothing you changed other than I would have been more focused that one year. Come on, that's some good stuff.
2: Well. I, I think I have had a blessed life, but I, obviously there, you know, there have been there have been other challenges. But pivotal moments, yeah. young Sherry, yeah. I I would I would not change the decision that I made. Right. Thank God, my father gave me wisdom to change it in the moment. Right? Because think of all the young people who have a dream, and somebody talks them out of the reality of it, like you mm-hmm. can't be an actor, you can't do, you know, that's right. You want to go to the moon, that's right. You know. I think now there we do have a little more positive reinforcement with our children in, in encouraging their dreams. But I think in my childhood, that really wasn't common. It's was like, you know, post office is a good job. Yeah, that's a you good know? job. A good you need to find, you need to major in something that you can support yourself, you know? Mm-hmm. So um, it's it's different, but I'm glad that they believed in my dreams for me when I was almost ready to give up on myself.
1: Um. I want you to think of your favorite, fondest, oldest, first, whatever, memory of us. But I'm going to go first. And it is the first time I remember us really hanging. It was you and little mama. It might have been Edmund Waters. And it was a couple of... And we just had the best time talking and laughing. And that was when I first felt like, okay, Sherry's my friend, you know. uh, We had met in passing a couple of times in professional. But, um, and I remembered you telling me that you wanted to be married. And how... You were looking for love and this, that, and the other. And it was just so cool that you shared like that. And then like a year later, you were married. Boom.
2: (laughs) It was amazing.
1: (laughs) So, with that being said... Tell us your love story. So
2: that's like the God thing in my life. Because really, when, when we met, that was really one of those crossroads in life, really. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you have a, a horrible relationship and you're like, I need to reset, refocus. Because I was I was 40. Uh-huh. and you you get these conversations with people all the time, uh-huh. you know when are you gonna get married mm-hmm. i my son um was born in nineteen ninety five so I came here as a single parent with him um but you know, I go home to family reunion when are you get married, are you get married?
1: You <laughs> right know.
2: um, and so yeah, that i as I began to articulate that and and what was happening in my life of that that reset. You know, it was, A, attracting, you know, uh, uh, the quality of person mm-hmm. just because of where my headspace was. Mm-hmm. My love story is I also, prior to that, at that year, really said, I'm not meeting any strangers. Okay. You can't walk up to me from the street and say, ooh. Okay. And we start something yeah. because I was like, somebody's got to vouch for you.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: And so my I'm sitting at my best friend's house having um, gumbo and chocolate cake.
1: Oh, that sounds good, my, gumbo and cake. My friend, well, <laughs> I finished the gumbo, and I had,
2: was just getting the cake. Oh, darn, I
1: thought it was going together. <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh-uh. uh, my friend, who was a real estate agent, had gone upstairs to change mm-hmm. um, because his client was coming there, and mm-hmm. they were going to drive out to house hunts. Okay. Um, his wife had gone next door with their daughter and the playmate. So it just so happened at the time that my future husband rang the doorbell, I was sitting in their kitchen because I was there to drop my son off to play with their son.
1: You're not going to say what I think you're going to say.
2: I don't know. I don't know. But we um, we we just have conversation. No, right? he
1: came to the door and... He
2: came to the door. I just invite him in and we're talking. Killing so time, you
1: greeted him at the door.
2: I greeted him <laughs> at the door. That
1: is serendipity if there was any.
2: When I tell you this love story, um, I tell him, my friend's upstairs, he'll be down. And so we just start chatting about where he's living and where he's trying to move. And he's like, ah, they're going to Fultondale. I was like, why are you going to go to Fultondale? So I'm just chit-chatting. Right, right. And so finally my friend comes down. They leave. And he, my future husband, says to him, who is that? And my friend, who's my best friend, said, you don't know her? (laughs) He goes, no, you know, because he's one of these guys. He's from Lisbon, Portugal, came here, had been here for a while. um, But, you know, they watch ESPN at night.
1: Right. (laughs) They're just not tied into what's going on. Exactly. So he goes,
2: she looks familiar, but I don't know. Mm -hmm. And then he goes, that's Sherry Jackson. He goes, she's cute. And then my friend goes, she's single.
1: (laughs) And the rest is history.
2: The rest is history. You know, we had lunch, and that was it, really. We Traveled to Portugal for New Year's. He invited me to Lisbon to see, um, you know, just his life, his family. And I'm, I went. Yeah. Uh, and we came back, and we were engaged. We met and married within four months. I met him in December, and we were married in April. Oh. 15 years ago.
1: Oh, that is so sweet. Okay, so I brought all that out. Now, what's your favorite memory?
2: <laughs> so look, I love those moments after the party, right? When you can really sit and talk, and just you're just you're you're in a good headspace, and you're just talking. Yeah. And I remember, and I feel like one of my NABJ girlfriends is somehow related to you as well. Okay. But I'm not a hundred percent sure. But I feel like she they asked me once and i said yeah but um i remember you i was because you gave me that list of questions i was like where do i talk well when do we meet meet
1: mm-hmm. i don't remember when we first met
2: i and that's what i was saying i don't remember when we when we first met mm-hmm. and then i feel like i watched a transformation with you on facebook cuz i used to follow you mm-hmm. and i was just you know, becoming more and more proud to say I knew you. Uh and then, um, I, I just for me with you, you just always feel like somebody I've always known. Oh. Which is which is kind of cool to me because you don't always get warm fuzzies from people. Yeah. You know, and I, I find you to be a genuine person, right? That you just you are who we see.
1: We're going to end on that note. Let's take a break. Hey, I'm Charles Barkley. Call for a Redmont and water at bars and restaurants throughout the great state of Alabama. Redmont Vodka, available at select ABC stores and package stores. Redmond Vodka is eight times the steel, gluten-free, and is made from non-GMO corn. Looking to support a local business? Redmont Distilling is Alabama proud and minority owned. Learn more online at redmontdistilling.com. Aside from the charities you not including, just you can't pick Delta. <laughs> tell me your favorite nonprofit.
2: Um, and I thought of that because I, I obviously support a lot of charities, yeah. um, and I've been on the board with Foundry Ministries for quite some time, and so that's one that's on there. And the work I do and why I, I say that we're all connected is that addiction ends up being no respecter of persons, and you you meet people from all walks of life, all different stages of life. Um, who who have struggled with addiction, and I've seen our country begin to look at it differently, you know, and I, I, um, I got involved with the foundry. My cousin Benny in St. Louis, whom uh, I love and we eventually lost to um, addiction mm-hmm. and overdose. Um, he was in and out of jail, and I thought, man, wouldn't it be something if the jails had a program? To help them overcome addiction.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: and the num- he he would he would be eventually kind of clean, mm-hmm. but when he came out because these were not you know lengthy prison sentences right, he was right. just in and out of jail right uh, and you know he'd get right back into the same crowd uh and this went on, this was a cycle of his life until he passed, uh and same for my my cousin Chucky. Uh, and so I, I saw addiction all my life, not knowing it was addiction, right? Because right. they're always the charming people, the people you want to be around, um, but they were having these quiet struggles. Mm. Uh, and so that will always be one that's near and dear to me, mm-hmm. because I see it affecting generations of people mm-hmm. uh, and in our community in, in different ways, right? Mm-hmm. From those who use, those who sell, and so... For me, uh, that one is always going to be near and dear to me. But I, uh, any charity that is supporting children and families, single moms doing their thing, because sometimes we just need to make the ends meet, I support those things.
1: Well, if you don't answer one of these questions, the founder getting a donation from you. Oh. <laughs> but these are easy. I promise you'll answer. So let's start out with the easy stuff.
2: Uh-oh, this is on paper.
1: Regents Park or Rickwood Field?
2: Ooh, I I like Rickwood Field, but I I, I love Regent's Park because of it bringing baseball back.
1: Yeah. Botanical Gardens or Railroad Park?
2: I like Botanical Gardens, but I enjoy Railroad Park.
1: But the answer is Botanical, Botanical Gardens. Botanical garden. Okay. I think I'm going to get a donation out of her. I just feel it coming. <laughs> protective Stadium or Legacy Arena?
2: Ooh, Protective.
1: CrossPlex or Legion Field?
2: Ooh, I'm going to say CrossPlex. See how
1: shaky she is? I'm going to get her. Birmingham Zoo or McWayne Science Center? The zoo. Sloss Furnace or Vulcan Park?
2: Vulcan Park.
1: Civil Rights Institute or Negro League Museum?
2: Civil Rights Institute.
1: Birmingham Barons or Birmingham Squadron? Oh.
2: Their tenures are different, but I love the squadrons. Logo, I love the thoughtfulness of who the Birmingham Squadron are. Yeah, they, they put a lot of thought in there. They did.
1: Birmingham Legion or Birmingham Stallions?
2: Legion. Hammer
1: down. <laughs> Alabama or Auburn?
2: Roll Tide. Roll. Alabama. But I, I don't State? think I get to say that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, we, we got you. We never we got say <laughs> on TV. Alabama State or Alabama A&M?
2: States.
1: Miles or Tuskegee? Miles. You got some great answers. I didn't get anything out of you. You didn't what, get anything out uh, of me. <laughs> what is your favorite? I mean, what is your sign?
2: I'm an Aries.
1: Now, wh- when were you born? Wh- what is an Aries? What is-
2: so, an Aries, which was so cool because Art Franklin, my old co-anchor, my brother, is an Aries. Okay. So, um, I'm born April 18th. Okay. And... Um, We are just—we are passionate. Okay. Um, We lead by nature. Okay. uh, And we're very compassionate.
1: Oh. That's why it takes
2: a cup of coffee to calm me down. I got all that going on. So
1: weird. (laughs) Who calms down with coffee? What is your favorite scripture, Bible, Bible figure, or Bible figure story? Figure or story? Scripture, figure, or story?
2: My favorite scripture, and I'm not going to get the verse, but it, it is that there nothing can separate you from the love, love of God. God. Mm-hmm. Um, it has spoken to me uh, in, in, in ways that I had to come to realize mm. that, I didn't have to clean myself up for God. Mm -hmm. And I spent a lot of life thinking I got to clean myself up for God,
0: Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. to
2: come to know that that's a pride thing. Mm -hmm. You can't clean yourself up for God. You can't um, forgive yourself more than God can forgive you. And so the realization that if God can forgive you, who are you not to forgive forgive yourself? yourself. There is nothing. That can separate you from the love of God. And so that is something that's dear to me because it was transformative for me uh, it, when I got that into my spirit. Um, my favorite character of the Bible, Joshua. Joshua? Joshua. Yeah. Yeah. Joshua was like, he was going against the tide, yeah. and he was so courageous. Yeah. Joshua went over to the promised land and was like, yeah, they got those giants. We can take them. We can take them. We can em. do this. We
1: got this. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and so just that, you know, the fact that they didn't. Yeah. You know, they, did, they didn't. they did But uh, I, I love the courage of that because yeah. sometimes you, you really got to stand alone. You know you do when you believe in your heart and you know, don't be afraid to speak it. they may not do it
0: mm-hmm.
2: but say it uh, and that courage uh, is something you just have to take with you and i uh, I, I need that courage in my job every yeah. day,
1: yeah, this is a different question just I just uh, mm-hmm. do you ever get any crazy like emails and stuff (laughs) like when you you were talking about about courage that came to mind tell tell me some 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 crazy stuff like
2: wow um you know we're in such a different time right now Mm -hmm. and people um people assume they know so much about who you are because you're a journalist you're a black journalist and so you get trolled sometimes. I'm not getting as much trolling as I did in um, 2016 through 2020, um, but you get trolled because people just assume that you think a certain way, right? Uh, and so frequently we get those emails. And what I, I I do is I'll snip the part of the newscast that they. Claim to criticize and say, No, this is what I said. And typically, for me, the few times I've had to do that, it stops. Okay. Um, I've had, you know, I've had a stalker follow me before, um, and thank God for the police. Mm -hmm. Um, And knowing, you know, just being aware. And so those Mm -hmm. things just make you astutely aware. And I think as journalists, uh, we have to be aware of our surroundings at all time. And so it's it's not like you don't want to be out and around people. You don't want to hang out with people. um, But you have to be mindful Mm -hmm. of that little bit of being Mm -hmm. a public person. Probably the same for you (laughs) is that.
1: I've got out, and out death threats. Like <laughs> <laughs> you need to die, dude. <laughs> Especially during that Hoover stuff. I was getting it. But you know, um, it I was literally sitting here thinking about you having that uh you choosing Joshua and talking about courage. Um a lot of people think I'm more courageous than I am. Um, you know. I face a lot of anxiety. I just do it anyway. You know, it's not that I don't feel anxious or feel fear. It's just, yeah, you tap into the courage and you you do it anyway. But I am not just immune to assault, (laughs) (laughs) you know, be it verbal, threats, real, whatever. Um, It's just when you feel driven to whatever purpose that is, I was just taught you, pull your big boy pants on and you you go through it.
2: Well, if not you, then who, you know? If not me,
1: then who? We, that's, a re- that's a real question that has been posed to me when I have not wanted <laughs> to mm-hmm. do something. Like, okay, who else is going to do it? Mm-hmm. So that's another reason why I have been in the forefront a few times but that's not that is not where i'm most comfortable i want to sit back here and plot on your ass (laughs) and 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 execute and whatnot but you know it is what it is what is your favorite nba team
2: the lakers yes
1: your favorite (laughs) nfl team
2: the 49ers. Eh, not bad. Well, let me tell you, I inherited the Dolphins. But growing up, it was the 49ers and Jerry Rice, yeah. hands down. But, yeah. But now, we're Dolphins fans.
1: Unfortunately, well, I won't say unfortunately. Um I often say, you know, I, I like to be a fan of my friends. You know, like, that's who I lift up. And so... Now I have so many friends who have kids in the NFL or I'm watching someone from Alabama in the NFL. Like, I'm, I really, I love my Cowboys, but I don't, it used to be a time I only watched the Cowboys. Yeah. Now I want to watch all these different teams because I literally have play nephews and nieces hey. playing all over the country, all over the world.
2: When I came to Alabama, to Birmingham, one of yeah. the first parties I went to here, and it was like all these NFL players are in this party, and they're all from Alabama. Yeah. And I said, what is in the water here? We I-
1: have a huge <laughs> NFL PA. Oh, yeah, my goodness. Yeah, yeah. Um, let me think. I wanted to ask, do you cook?
2: My family says I'm a much better cook since I got married.
1: okay. But so tell I, me what you would cook. What what would be your favorite go to meal if 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 for a dinner party or
2: something? I wish you'd let me finish because I, I I'm not <laughs> I say you should, I should let you finish that <laughs> I, I'm not a good cook. Uh, we call it freestyle when I get in the kitchen. My son is a sous chef. He wow. is an amazing amazing chef. And we think it's because I was such a terrible cook. <laughs> he needed to feed himself. He needed, exactly. <laughs> My sister always tells the story when, when we were living in West Virginia. They came up for Thanksgiving, and I'm having to do a Thanksgiving dinner. Uh huh. And Jihad, who was two, said, "I'll cook." I don't even know that he was two. He was two. Yeah. He, he said, "I'm gonna cook." Uh huh. And they said, "That's bad. You cook so terribly." This baby says. In <laughs> And he ends up being a sous chef. So, That's uh, so it was cute. With a dream of becoming a, a, his own executive chef. But That's um, so cute. Yeah, freestyle for me.
1: Um, trying to see. Do I have any? I got, I got to get you. I got to get you. What's your favorite season?
2: Oh, I love the fall of the year. Yeah. I do. I like spring, though, when everything, the new fr- – Oh, I bumped it. Sorry, sorry. The fresh green tums. i After what I
1: did, you can bump anything. <laughs> you can hit the table. <laughs> That's But the fall. The yeah. fall. I, this summer, fall for me, I, it might be summer for me. Like, I don't mind the heat. I may, but I really like it. Like, the, the temperature, at my, the thermostat at my house is set anywhere from 80 to 82. Oh, <laughs> like, yeah, like, I don't have to have the air on. Like, my power bills be $10, $15.
2: <laughs> I mean, I'm with you. I don't like the cold.
1: Hate um, the cold. And
2: it, so the thermostat wars are always a thing in my house. So, you know, we've we've compromised at 76, 77. Okay. Um, but, yeah, I'm with you. I can just open the window and have the fan going. <laughs> right. It's, it's, it's always too cold everywhere everywhere inside it's like come on my exactly
1: bones exactly now tell me um about your tenure at 42 like what does it feel like to be like i've asked this of art you know like you're a go-to person like yeah, there are certain people that have certain assumptions and there's this negative, but there's also the group of us that are like, okay, if Sherry said it is real. Yeah. <laughs> you know, how do you how does that make you feel and how have you dealt with that over your career?
2: I think the trust is is something that we both have to protect.
0: Like mm-hmm. I
2: gotta protect that people trust me. Mm-hmm. And so there are battles that will be fought in newsrooms and, and I think anchors everywhere. Um, fight battles to make sure that their truth is protected. Mm. And in in that regard, there are stories that I know that are so important um, that you got to fight to sometimes get in the news, mm. on the news, mm-hmm. um, because there just may not be the appetite for it. And so I... You know, I deal with it in that, you know, I'm always going to shoot straight. Uh, I am going to, to take whatever it is. I don't get the final say. I think that's always a, a delicate balance because people are like, we all didn't do this. Mm-hmm. But it's like, I don't get the final say. But right. I, I think you can know and trust and believe that I'm fighting for that. I'm fighting for that um one of the the stories that I'm really most proud of is is this this undertaking uh, that I'm doing with mothers of murdered sons and that, I wanted to tell the story of violence in a different way. And we know violence is something that is always covered in the news. Right. And I just, how do we come at it differently? Right. Who is most affected? Right. These moms. And really from that, last November, you know, we've been able to grow partnership with other media outlets, the Birmingham Times and com, to really look at and seek what are the solutions in the community. And so it's just been an ongoing project that I'm proud of. It's actually um, it's been nominated for a couple of awards with the National Association of Black Journalists. And so it's it's just it's it's the type of work that we have to do. It's a type of story that we have to tell in our community. and sometimes people don't want to hear those stories but we have to continue to fight to tell it right. and tell it in a way that that makes an impact.
1: Um, before I let you go, I need you to talk about one last person. And even though the um, the NABJ conference will have passed by the time this comes out, one of our dear friends is being honored and i would love for you to say a little something about roy s johnson
2: roy s johnson he's the man, he the man right and i i tell people i was like you got to know who this guy is before he came to birmingham yeah. i love his voice and how he uses it he's such a he's a witty writer but Roy is so smooth. Mm -hmm. I'm so glad that NABJ honored him as an honorary chair and is putting him into the NABJ Hall of Fame. I mean, so he's up there.
1: He's up there.
2: And his work, his ethic, his work ethic, but the type of work he's done, he's earned that place. Um, I like him because I, I remember when Roy first came to town, I met him at an ABJ, And I was like, when he came to town, I was like, I got to take you out. I got to, you know. Uh-huh. So we just connect a little bit. And, you know, obviously Roy is Roy. Yeah. So he's moving and shaking and doing things. And so I'm not surprised at all uh, that, you know, we got a chance to see his, his face on the bus riding around the city yeah. uh, as an honoree because he should uh, be honored. Um, he's just, he's a cool person. He's a He's cool, the best I've never he, seen Roy lose his cool
1: <laughs> it's It's a see the fact that you said that means I've needed to say this. <laughs> number one, people take Roy for granted they a lot of our people here in Birmingham don't know how Dang. great Roy is, and then number two, you know they're in our activist community have really gotten at him sometimes. He don't break a sweat. No. He is so smooth and so cool and so unbothered. And um, but most importantly, he just has the greatest stories. He has the best stories. So that's I'm always excited when he's gonna be around because I get to hear something crazy.
2: When I think about him, I you know excellence yeah. excellence is um, it's what we do he he's he's just excellent in his work and how he does it and no matter when he when his opinion column comes out it's like yeah, he <laughs> yep he said that yep
1: that's right <laughs> that's right um give us some shout outs who who you want to give a shout out to
2: well i want to give a shout out to my family my birmingham family and i want to take this moment because i you know I, I just returned from um, the funeral of a colleague uh, in New York and I saw the impact she had on the community there. She was a meteorologist in New York, beautiful young woman, passed away at 51 years old. And me and my girlfriends, we all got together because um, we were a part of a crew that got together every year at our national convention. Mm-hmm. And um, a few of us got a chance to go to her service. And sometimes we think, um, we don't get to see the, how it translates on the other side. Mm. Do people appreciate what we do? Do they understand? Do they know the sacrifice? And for her and her community there in Mount Vernon, um, to see how they showed up for her and gave that love back to her family during this time i um i just am still reflecting on that because for me it's like that is it this thing we do every day this is our life it is a huge sacrifice and so shout out to all of those people in the community who will see me in the grocery store or at an event and come up and say i love you i love watching you you're my favorite they don't
1: buy, that doesn't bother you
2: it, It doesn't bother me, especially when I know in this community that many of the people who do that are very much people who participated in the civil rights movement. They were the foot soldiers of people. We don't know their names. But I know that I get to sit and do what I do because those people were courageous enough to get out into the streets and march for something that was fair, just for me. I didn't know it. But I'm here and I represent all those people. And when they give that love back, I'm so grateful that it's a flower that I get to receive in those moments while I'm here to receive it.
1: I want to thank my dear, dear friend, Sherry Jackson, for joining us. I want to thank you all for listening. And as always, a huge shout out to Creed63, Urbanham.news and urbanham.com. God bless.
0: Hi, I'm Tanita Kane from the Kane Law Firm. For 23 years, we have been the name you know, and definitely the name you can trust for your legal needs. Whether it be criminal defense, personal injury, or family law, we can take care of your needs. Call 205 202 Or visit our website at www.CainLawBham.com. That's www.CainLawBham.com.
1: This podcast has been brought to you by Jefferson County Sheriff's Office.